Hi, this is Tamika Kasten Miller, and you are listening to Think, Flow, Grow. At the end of this and every episode, you will find a meditation. So stay tuned. Hello, this is Tamika Kasten Miller with the Think, Flow, Grow podcast. Today, I am here with one of my favorite people, Davina Davidson. Davina, tell us a little bit about what you are up to. What am I up to? Uh, I just finished a round of teacher trainings, uh, 200 hour and 300 hour, and I'm up to a break. So for the next (laughs) six weeks, I am kind of taking off and chilling out until I start a next the next round of teacher trainings in January. Nice, nice, nice. Davina is uh, an uh, amazing woman who you can find on the gram doing all sorts of wonderful things, including um, sharing knowledge about yoga, sharing knowledge about um, life. <laughs> dropping the knowledge, uh, keeping it very real. And also, um, she is the um, co-creator of of Melanin Yoga Project, Mm -hmm. which is a project that um, that several yogis in Houston, Texas came together to help bring her vision to light, to bring yoga to underserved communities of color and to help produce more yogis of color. So we're super excited about Melanin Yoga Project and, um, you can support that project by going on, seeing what they're up to, Um, If you are not local in Houston, by speaking to big yogis who might come out and and be a part of that project or send money because they do also offer scholarships for people to to be able to take teacher training, which is not cheap. So, so yeah, so yogi, teacher, trainer, and entrepreneur, and a home and and mother, sister, sorcerer, sorcerer, (laughs) goddess, enchantress. All right. So today we're coming together to talk about the topic that nobody wants to talk about over Thanksgiving, (laughs) religion. (laughs) So um, I was really curious about, I I know that you are a person who speaks to your beliefs all the time, and I don't all the time. Um, So, um, and I, I love how kind of out loud, you live what you believe in. Um, a lot of people would assume that you're a very religious person. Mm-hmm. And um, you say that you're not. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take it all the way back to childhood and just share that um, I am mixed race and my mother is Jewish. And so she was her family disowned her when she married or, you know, connected with my father. And so she stayed with the Jewish tradition for a period of time, but mostly felt neglected and kind of pushed to the side in that particular community. Mm. And uh, my father didn't particularly go to church either. So growing up, what's really interesting uh, is that 
uh, all three of the youngest, uh, myself, Angela, and Amaris, we all ended up going to church with our friends. Hmm. So it wasn't like we went to church together as a family. The The way that I learned about God and who Jesus is, is through going to church with a friend. And I did that through high school, through college. Like I literally just went with friends. And so uh, I wouldn't say that I came from a religious background because it was more of like, community and connection and like being with my friends as I went to church, Mm -hmm. you know? And after I started practicing yoga, I think that is when I was like, okay, there is like more to what's happening here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Because while yes, we all went to church, my sisters got, I would, I would describe them as religious. They could quote scriptures. They could preach to you, evangelize to you, Mm. um, all of that. And I always felt a bit like an outcast because I couldn't, uh, quote scriptures and I did read the Bible, but I was like, I don't really know what, you know, (laughs) what all this means. (laughs) And so I read this somewhere, but I I can't tell you where it was. Yes, And I'm like, I know a few scriptures. (laughs) I know the ones that I need to go to when I need healing or, Mm -hmm. you know, to feel uplifted. Um, and so what yoga did was by practicing yoga, that was the first time I remember feeling like I, I drew closer to God every time that I was on my mat. Like that is when I heard or felt the spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, because one of my pastors, my online pastors was like, you can't hear the word of God, but okay. Uh, (laughs) You can't hear him speaking to you. But I I felt closer Mm. through this practice of yoga. And as I've continued, you know, I feel a connection to God through this practice and not necessarily through a church. As I said earlier, you know, uh, when we were talking is that I actually haven't been to a church house in a while, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'll binge watch sermons. I read the word. Mm -hmm. Um, I listen to uh, gospel music, church music. Um, But I wouldn't say like, I'm Baptist. Right. Or I'm this or I'm that or the other. And I think it's really interesting because there are a lot of people who would say that you can't be a yogi and be a Christian at the same time. I know that you and I both um, identify as Christians. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, (laughs) I was raised in the church (laughs) and it was the black church. Okay. I mean, it was not um, optional initially, but what's crazy is that my mother had a very similar background to you and that she was not. So um, when my mother and my father were together, my father was a Baptist. And with them being from the South, it was very common for everyone to be Baptist. However, my mother's from Louisiana, which is very Catholic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we would go to the the Black Baptist Church. And um, and I always just was, you know, attracted to the music. Mm -hmm. Because the music for me, and my mother would tell me that I, I I said, Mama, one day I'm going to I'm going to sing behind that microphone. So apparently it was an entry point for me with with music. Mm-hmm. Now, could I tell you anything that happened in that church? Not really. But my sister would say later 
that she hated going to that church because my father had active relationships with several women in the church. Wow. I didn't know any of this, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like little, I don't care, whatever. I'm just like clapping and singing or whatever. Later, however, after my parents divorced, and I've spoken about that relationship before in previous episodes, but later when they, they divorced and mom started to work because she was an at-home mom, I saw this really interesting shift in her that was very much a very um, quiet yet steadfast faith. Mm-hmm. And it led her to a mega church. Yeah. So we ended up being in a mega church after that. And I remember doing all the things that people do in mega churches, which is, you know, like, you know, all of the, you know, the, the special guests and the big giant concerts and things like that comes to find, but at some point my mom was just, you know, was like, there, there's something that's different. I don't know what's going on. And, um, she said, I, we're not going back to that church. And at that point, I was really involved because mm-hmm. mega churches do great with having kids involved. They're like, you're going to be involved. You're going to do the things. You're going to whatever. And um, we, we would find out about six months later that our preacher was, um, was uh, siphoning money from the church. This was Bob Tilton, which if you're a certain age, you know who Bob Tilton is. And this is the church word of faith, which again, if you're a certain age, you know, you know, word of faith. So, yeah. So my experience with church was, you know, very much like experiential as it relates to music. But then it was also like people use this to still from others. Mm. And I was like, and the crazy thing was, is the, the whole time I had my mom. So the whole time, thank God that my only experience wasn't just, you know, what the, what the church was giving me. Cause I had my mom showing me what like a faithful woman looked like. Mm-hmm. She, you know, and she also would later be the person who was like my biggest cheerleader who absolutely and without reservation was fully ready to accept me as an, an a queer woman who did it was like just always my cheerleader and her faith was what grounded her in being that. Mm -hmm. So it's crazy to me to think that people would say certain things that they say about that. Mm -hmm. Oh, and and just just to add to that, to date, I'm I'm an Episcopalian and, um, you know, in in the Episcopal Church for sure, you know, reason and thought and all of those things are integral parts of of being a believer, if you will. Mm -hmm. There's not that kind of, blind faith or ignorant faith, there's very much a, a, a draw to study and make decisions and question and be curious and things like that. And so it certainly is the place uh, for me. So what would you say about the people who say that uh, you can't be a yogi and be a Christian? Yeah. I mean, I get people all the time inbox me on social media and ask, you know, <clears throat> is it possible to be a Christian and a yogi or how do you do this? Because I hear you or I see you speaking about team Jesus or Mm -hmm. you love God. um, Yet you're a yoga teacher trainer and you're teaching people yoga. 
And you teach the Yoga Sutras. And I teach the Yoga Sutras. Mm -hmm. My favorite version of the Yoga Sutras is by Jagannath Carrera, who's a reverend. So there are biblical references in Mm. his text. So there's these parallels. Mm -hmm. And the more that I go deeper into the word of God, uh, you can see the parallels between yoga and what is being presented in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, I often tell people, first of all, it's very personal. Yes. It's very personal. And it, and my thing is, is like, if you have someone beating down your block in your family or at your church about you practicing yoga, it's like, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No one sin is greater than the other. And no one's truth or knowledge is greater than the others either. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, you get to pick and choose. Is this something that truly, is this practice something that lifts you up, that brings you joy, that brings you peace, um, that brings you the fruits of the spirit mm-hmm. <laughs> just by practicing yoga? If it brings you those things, then why not? Why why not do those things? Um, and if it is a sin, we'll all have to answer in the end anyway. But we all, like, you're going to tell me that yoga is the only sin? My thing is this. I just... <laughs> I look at the people who are like, I mean, I, I think if if the same naysayers would say as well that God created everything, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't yoga That's a right. thing? He created all so, things. Mm-hmm. So if if this is something that you believe, so if, if you believe that God created everything, then everything is everything, mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. and everything is a part of creation. I think that what gets really interesting is when people will try to kind of oppress people with their own belief system, but then we'll leave out those, those major, um, those major obvious, uh, uh, conflicts and, and what their opinions are like every is everything all is all. Um, and, um, I always think about, the very first part uh, of the Bible when, you know, when the Bible is saying, you know, okay, well, you know, God created the universe and his creation was good. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, you know, if good, if everything is good, mm-hmm. then it's all good. Yeah. And nothing really falls outside of that. Now I think that we can fall out of relationship. And that is where, so after coming back from this, um, I went to the World Changers Summit in Chicago a couple weekends ago, and <clears throat> I was like immersed in like just shouting and and just like the whole. If, if you weren't religious, um, and say maybe atheist or agnostic, mm-hmm. you might have been like that was real religious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in that moment, it was very spirit filled, and it was mm-hmm. less about a religious experience and mm-hmm. more of like. I am connected to something that is greater than me. And I feel the presence of that thing right now. Yeah. That kind of thing. And so, um, I have like all my, you know, I'm ready to pounce on people who are like, (laughs) or just to explain, Mm -hmm. um, or share that this is not a bad, like what we're doing with yoga is helping elevate people Mm -hmm. and drawing them actually closer to God in this way. So in the sutras, the sutras were not written for one religion. No. Right? And so <laughs> in in the American Veda, in this book that I read, they also shared that 
all these people who came from different um, religious backgrounds would go and study with their gurus or, you know, just to go and study this Indian philosophy. And when they would come back, they actually felt closer to their God. They, mm -hmm. didn't, tra they didn't say like, okay, now I'm going to practice Hinduism. Right. 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 It's like now I have more knowledge mm -hmm. and it's actually drawing me closer to, to my source. Which makes sense. I mean, for me, when I look at all, when I look at religions, for me, religions are just, they're brushstrokes. They're, they're brushstrokes in one big painting. Um, I also see religion as language. So you may speak the language of Christianity and someone else speaks the religion of Judaism or Islam or whatever, and they're just different languages. If I were to say, you know, I love you in English and someone else says it in Russian, if I don't speak Russian, I don't know that that's, that's what they're saying. And I could argue that they're not saying I love you. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, another thing is that the direct translations of what we're saying don't always become the exact same thing in other expressions, you know, for sure. You know, um, in Spanish, for example, as you know, I'm a Spanish speaker and, you know, you could say, I love you, but you could also say, I want you. Mm -hmm. And I want you doesn't mean I necessarily it could, but it yeah. doesn't mean like, I want you, I mm -hmm. want to possess you, you know, but it's just, I, I want you, I want you in my life. You know, that is the translation of te quiero is I want you, but it means I love you. Mm -hmm. And so even when we're saying the same, saying different things, they can still have the same meaning and they don't have to be said in the same way. And I think that when we're, if for me as a linguist and a, and a historian, is crazy to me to see people like distance themselves because of religion, because A, we've already done that. Mm -hmm. And history has shown that doesn't go well. Yeah. And B, we're theoretically... We've, we've already gone through an enlightenment. So theoretically, we're smarter mm -hmm. than, than those who came before the enlightenment. How are we still using this as this divisive? So <clears throat> what I think is interesting, I don't know, maybe about three weeks ago, a young woman inboxed me on Instagram and was sharing, she shared an article with me where this woman was like, I was all gung-ho yoga and, you know, I... I did the practice. I felt wonderful. I felt amazing. And I want to say maybe she got sick and um, basically her body started to attack her, this kinds of things like that. And her energy worker or healer, whoever it was, was like, you need to stop doing yoga hmm. um, because it is the yoga that is eating away at you. Wow. And this woman goes deep into like, doing some research or of her own around, I mean, it's a long article hmm. around um, how saluting the sun is saluting the devil. And oh. yeah, like I, I, that's the first article that I was like, okay, hmm. this person put some thought into this. this yeah, yeah. Like and, and at the same time, like I, even at this conference that I was at, they were speaking in tongues and I don't speak in tongues mm -hmm. yet. And I was like, while they were speaking in tongues, I was like, Lord, cover me. Anything that's not like you, <laughs> block it out. Because mm -hmm. that's my relationship with God. Like, mm -hmm. I lean into God for support and trust that he will provide and take care of me. So my thing is, is if he didn't want me to be doing yoga, and if this was something that was not of him and not for, like, it would that it was pulling me away from him, then I, I fully believe that he would snatch that thing out of my life. Because <laughs> well, I, I think you'd be as successful as you are. You know? I mean, 
there's something to say for ease. You know, I, I, I think of myself like a Taoist Christian because I, I very much under, I, I, I think I became more, um, accepting of, of my own faith through the study of Taoism, which was really just about going with the flow. Mm-hmm. And I mean, please do not come at me with that is not what Taoism is. <laughs> but you know, like for me, like if, if we had to really boil it down, it's like just going with the flow and not pushing and not pulling, mm-hmm. you know? And so with what I realized is that I know that there's this, 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 part of me that is meant for something that's bigger than me because in the grand scheme of things I'm I'm irrelevant right or I'm insignificant mm-hmm. but also in the grand scheme of things my purpose is still a part of a plan and so with that said when I'm going with if I'm going with the flow which is again a very Taoist concept then if the flow is flowing in in the direction of you know of ease then I'm probably walking into my purpose. Mm-hmm. If I'm hitting a whole bunch of walls or if I'm hitting a whole bunch of of problems and things like that, I'm probably not. And I need to make a turn somewhere. Mm-hmm. So even if we were to use a Taoist concept, mm-hmm. it would still suggest that because things are just coming available for you, mm-hmm. that you're definitely going in, in your, the direction of your purpose. Mm-hmm. And if purpose is a part of quote God's plan, mm-hmm. then again, by yoga is getting you there. And I mean, <laughs> and at the same time, like I have done, I lean on that a lot just to ground me, but I've done like spiritual assessments and spiritual tests and things like that. And my top three are leadership, prophecy, and apostleship. And I remember asking my sister, who is like deep in the word, you know, (laughs) what this apostleship, like, what is that? And it is, I think, uh, and the way that I've interpreted it is that yoga is how, is the role that I get to play because he chose yoga for me to help bring more people to him. Mm. So... I do strongly believe that my my work is through sharing yoga with the world. Mm-hmm. Like this is what I'm supposed to be doing to help draw more people to the body of Christ. Yeah, and I, I think that ultimately, and I think people can get really triggered by that thought that something that is happening that is out of what people would argue out of the construct of Hinduism is something can be, that can be used to bring people to Christianity. And, you know, so I think that it's important to just, first of all, have a little bit of perspective, a little bit of historical perspective. So I always, as you know, love to throw in a little bit of history mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we know for sure that, um, religions are much, some religions are much older than than Christianity and, and Judaism and all that and and Islam or the three religions of the book if you will um, but one of the things that's really interesting is that before back in the in antiquity there was never this kind of you're this you're that and I'm gonna I'm gonna kill you for it there there was tribalism mm-hmm. for sure at because tribes had to stay together to survive. Um, but even if we look at 
ancient like uh, Judaic people. They were very much people who utilized the moon to, to dictate when they were going to do things, the moon phases to dictate that. Um, definitely used like herbs and and homeopathic remedies to do this, that, or the other. So they did all of those things, utilizing um, help from deities to say to to do this um, to give grace when needed, and 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 we're just you know there were there was there was so much kind of reliance on something that was bigger than just a deity. Um, but what we what we do know for sure as well is that when. Uh, when the apostles went out and started, you know, um, just talking about, Hey, you know, um, we're all, we're all a part of the same, uh, family and we are and love everyone. You know, their message really was love everyone. That was the original apostolic message was love everyone. And that the Messiah has come. That was, that was the message. It wasn't, the Messiah has come, and if you don't believe in him, then you're going to go to hell. It wasn't um, any of that. It was just like, love everyone, and the Messiah has already come. That was the message. When that message got to Rome and Constantine ends up taking on um, Christianity as the official or uh, the official um, length expression of religion of the, of the state, this then becomes problematic because then Constantine's like, nah, first of all, we're not all the same. We're not going to love everyone because there's a hierarchy as to who gets to do what. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at how the Catholic Church then organizes itself, you will notice that it organizes itself exactly the way that Rome was organized where you have, you know, the emperor and then you have the, the, the court and everybody else. And if you look at the Roman Catholic Church, you've got the Pope, you've got the clergy, and everybody else. And so that's how the church ended up getting organized. It was this kind of connection between something that was institutionalized by one person that then changed the expression. Because as you probably know, you know, you would have people who are like, hey, let's get together. We're going to go to the synagogue and we're going to go we're going to go worship, you know, in the synagogue. And then at night, we're also going to do the Lord's Supper and do it exactly the way that that we were taught to do that Jesus did. Mm -hmm. And so there was never this separation between these these folks. It wasn't until, you know, one person was like, no, that is separate. And we're going to kill everybody who doesn't believe this way. Interestingly, too, the population of Jews ended up which was uh, essentially the same number as Christians back in the day, ends up, the, the Jewish population ends up going down by three quarters. So all of these Jew, Jews, are, original Jews are killed. And one could argue, I'm not saying I'm arguing, but one could argue is that the ones who survived were the children of Pharisees. Mm -hmm. So those who were just kind of equally kind of, um, no, this is the way this has to be done and you're not doing it in this way. Yeah. So once we have like Pharisees and Romans left, of course there are going to be problems. Yeah. Of course there are going to be problems. But the original, you know, and there are all the arguments around, yeah, but we have, you know, the Bible is this text that was written so many years ago and how can you, you rely on that? And my answer is, I mean, the same way you rely on all historical texts, mm 
they're all interpreted in different ways. For someone to tell a historian that I don't get to use an old book yeah. as something that is factually based or whether it be loosely or not loosely, it, you got the wrong audience for me because yeah. that's the way that history has always been passed down at once people could write. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, and could there, could it be flawed? Yes. But I think ultimately the, the thoughts and I think that truth always lasts. It's funny because the pastor who does the, who is over the World Changers Summit, um, is out of Chicago, Dr. Matthew Stevenson. He's, I, I'm gonna send you this so you can be like, girl, no. <laughs> or you can be like, ooh, yes. Mm -hmm. Because he's very like um, shocking mm -hmm. and uh, in your face about what the doctrine means and what it, you know, how it's interpreted. And he says that, uh, he said, people argue about the truth whether it's this abstract thing or, you know, what, like, what is truth? And he said, it's none of those things. It's a person and his name is Jesus. He said, I am the truth. Mm. And so he, it's so interesting how people, again, interpretation can read the same scripture mm -hmm. and interpret it very differently. And it's fine. I think ultimately what, what the thing is for me is that it's all fine. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends who are atheists and they, and, and I, and I've told them, you know, the way that you proselytize atheism is very religious. Mm -hmm. It's very much like <laughs> your own religion. And because you're trying to convince me, it's very evangelical. You're trying to convince me. You're trying to change my mind. You're trying to get me to do all these things. Why can't we just coexist. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't need you to believe what I believe. And I don't need for me to believe what you believe for us to coexist. So why are you trying to get me to do the same? Yeah. Um, and so then there's this, well, I'm spiritual, but not religious thing. Yes. And you mentioned that a little bit before about that was in that the, the book that you read. Yeah. And the American Veda, there was a, a time period in the United States where, first of all, I just need to pause on that for a second, because mm -hmm. that book, mess me up <laughs> it messed me all the way up because uh yes there's this movement where it was spiritual people they did a survey in the united states of you know how people um perceive themselves whether they were religious or if they were spiritual um especially as like in the 70s you had you know the guru mm -hmm. even before the 70s you had the guru phase and mm -hmm. you know the feel good vibes and all that kind of stuff and so this the spirituality might be very different than what I say, what I interpret as, you know, being a, a spiritual practitioner. But in any case, in the book, what throws me all the way off is how uh, for a period of time, so many people were in droves trying to understand the Indian philosophy. Mm -hmm. They were enthralled and just like, oh my God, what is this thing? And people were trying to cross the ocean to get to, to a guru to, to understand what is this? Mm. And what I was messed up about, because I was waiting all the way to the end of the book, I was like, are they going to talk about it? Are they going to talk about it? Mm -hmm. And it is how there were hundreds of thousands of white people who were um, like worshiping these gurus, these brown skinned gurus, but yet, we are mistreating mm. people.
people of color, black people in the United States. Mm-hmm. Like, are you kidding me? I'm like, how, how did we get to a place where they're open to worshiping this brown skin? Cause they are, they are brown right. skin. Right. But then like, so it can't be from, so my whole thing was after reading the book, I was like, it can't, racism can't be about the color of your skin. It's no. gotta be deeper than that. There is a deep dislike, hate, some, there is a wound that yeah. is very deep that mm-hmm. doesn't have to do with just skin color. There's gotta be something else in there because if y'all were worship, worshiping these Indians, mm-hmm. but then like seeing a person of color and beating them to damn near death and throwing them in jail for liking a white person. In how the do you 60s. justify like, that? What? Like, yeah. How do you do both? Yeah. Get you a girl who can do both. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But I, I mean, I how do you like, do both? You know, but the same was true with, 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 I mean, the same is true with Christianity. I mean, it's impossible if you have any connection to reality, mm-hmm. it is impossible that Jesus is a white skinned person <laughs> considering that Jesus <laughs> is Jewish from the Middle East. Mm-hmm. I don't know very many people who are there. Perhaps he was the fairest of them all. Like, <laughs> like Snow White. But I mean, I'm just saying the probability is small. So you also have that same dichotomy mm-hmm. of people who have used Christianity to absolutely justify their racism and all of that. And it is ludicrous because they're worshiping Mm -hmm. a black person. Yeah. And I'm just like, and maybe he's not black. Maybe he's brown. Maybe he's light brown, but he ain't white. Yeah. And he's not blonde. Like there's, there's just not enough. There's no amount of evidence that justifies even a little bit, any possibility of that. So there's this deliberate woundedness Mm -hmm. that is being ignored Mm -hmm. to be able to justify, you know, that. And so when people would say, well, religion is responsible for, um, for slavery is responsible for, it's like, no, Mm -hmm. active ignorance is responsible for that. Misinterpretation of the word of God is what helps some of those uh, slave masters make it through. They're like, no, it means this. And that many weren't interpreting anything because you actually have to read. You know, if you look at how the way that like even even if you look at outside of Christianity, if you look at Islam and you look at people who have done horrible things in the name of Islam, they are from the same places that were colonized for at least 300 years. And if that's the case, that means that there is a lack of connection with um, with just the ability to read mm-hmm. and interpret without the guise of colonial and colonized eyes. Mm-hmm. And illiteracy is high in those areas. So oftentimes it is one person dictating what the Quran actually says mm-hmm. instead of the people actually reading mm-hmm. what the Quran says. Case in point, Malcolm X. I mean, when he was listening to what everyone was saying the Quran said, then he was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, let me go, let me go, let me go, you know, take out some white people. And then he reads the Quran and he's, he's like, like, um, I has questions. <laughs> 
this doesn't actually say that. Yeah. And then, of course, they're like, no, 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 no. Shut, 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 shut your mouth, shut your mouth, shut your mouth. We don't care what the crowd actually says. Yeah. This is not a part of the narrative that we are selling right now. And they took him out. Yeah. I mean, so there is the narrative becomes the word. Mm-hmm. And whatever the word may be, rather than the actual thing, which is also why I, I'm in a sensitive place around like not feeling like I don't know scripture, so I can't really stand up about my faith in in a particular way because I don't know the word. Now like you need that. to let that imposter I, syndrome go. So so basically, mm-hmm. after going to this conference, I was like, no, girl, you just need to. Just speak from what you know and what you speak from your heart. Exactly. And and I do my due diligence. I do my slavyaya. I do my yes. study. And that includes reading yoga uh, script uh, sutras. It includes reading yoga books. It also includes the Bible. Yeah. I mean, my thing is this, is I don't need to know every verse in the Bible because for me, that is trying to weaponize the Bible to Mm -hmm. then be used against other people. Mm -hmm. Realistically, here's what I know for sure. We're all called to be in relationship with one another. Mm -hmm. That is something that is universal in all religions Mm -hmm. as we're called to be in in relationship with one another, uh, to love one another, and to care for one another. Now, the second bit about about Jesus being the way, that's the defining difference. Mm-hmm. And even for me, you know, I I struggle with that because I believe that in my language, that's what I'm being told. But I'm also not only um, a, a bilingual in, in, in <laughs> language language, I'm also bilingual in religions. Yeah. And so for me, that doesn't work because that's not the only language I speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still believe in Christ consciousness. Yeah. I believe, I absolutely believe in Christ consciousness and I, but I, and I don't believe that that includes exclusion. Mm-hmm. So, so that doesn't resonate for me. And, and that is always problematic for me. And I think I still get to play in the space mm-hmm. of Christianity without having to to accept all 100% of everything. Yeah. I mean, certainly I do not accept all that comes with that. I do like the perspective that Jesus is the word. God is the word. I, I, and by reading it, I'm drawing, I'm drawing closer. Yeah. So for me, it's, it's definitely not about weaponizing it. Although people do. Yes, absolutely. Um, It's more so about the journey through the self. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But people not only weaponize the Bible or the Quran or the Torah, but they also weaponize ignorance. And the thing is, is that you can really do that with anything. And all of the folks who would scapegoat religion as being the reason why all these wars happen and the reason why all these things happen... No, it's actually weaponizing ignorance. Yeah, it is. It's taking advantage of people who either cannot read themselves or either have not read for themselves and then and then colonizing that narrative by then saying your interpretation is wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of just empowering people to have their own interpretation. Mm-hmm. So f- for me, I, my interpretation is God is love. Uh, and is in and 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 creation is good. Yeah, you know I'm also very much uh, I, I have a follower of Celtic Christianity and Franciscan Christianity, and that 
I believe that everything holds energy and everything is, has a, is, is a piece of, of something divine is a piece of divinity. I think that we're also a piece of that. And if we are, then it is impossible for any of us to be inherently evil or bad or hell bound or whatever. I'm just, I can't, I can't be a Calvinist with you people. I cannot, I cannot be there because to me that is absolutely counterintuitive to what, you know, like what is being stated. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I think the main point of all of these things is that for me using yoga, it was also the same for me. Yoga also kind of triggered something that was, it triggered a curiosity in me. Judith Hanson Lasseter actually spoke to um, people realizing that asana wasn't the yoga, Mm -hmm. but that feeling that you get after Mm -hmm. is. And, um, and she just wrote about that this month in, uh, in yoga journal. And I thought, Whoa, you know, that, that feeling, like if you're willing to fill it, Mm -hmm. but also there are people who aren't willing to fill it. That's why they skip Shavasana. That's why they run out and they're like, Oh, I had to get sweat, whatever. Now I'm going to go for a run and don't, but there's a place for everyone in the kingdom. There's a place for everyone. (laughs) There's absolutely a place for everyone. And I deeply believe that the longer that you practice, the more likely you are to just, you know what? I do want to feel that Shavasana today. And then once you do, it's like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. I've been missing this. Yeah. I, I've been skipping one minute, three minutes. Why? Mm-hmm. And then that curiosity is seated. And once that curiosity is seated, then all these other things happen. And maybe that person goes to Hinduism. Maybe that person yeah. goes to Buddhism, um, which Thomas Merton would argue the best Buddhists, uh, the best uh, Buddhists are Christians. Yeah. Okay, so like, um, not that he was saying that to exclude anyone. Don't come at me, y'all. <laughs> what I'm just saying is that he was saying that, or no, he said the best Christians are Buddhists. Yeah. That's what he said. Is that you know when you come into seeing everyone as valuable and not excluding anyone that is Christ consciousness exactly that's the invitation that we're all stepping into so for all of my friends out there who are you know or all of my friends all of our all of the listeners out there who might be afraid of going to the thanksgiving table or going to the family who you don't agree with i think that one thing that we can all agree on is that we all want to be heard we all want to be seen and we all want to be loved. Mm-hmm. And the more that we impose um, our whatever we believe in, whether that's imposing anti-belief or imposing belief on people who just want to be heard, seen and loved and don't necessarily agree. Are you really hearing people? Yeah. Are you really seeing people? And are you really loving people? Yeah. Like there's no reason why I couldn't, I shouldn't be able to be in a room with someone who doesn't believe the same thing that I believe. Yeah. And there's no reason why I think that we can't practice yoga. Absolutely. It is a pathway to the self. Mm-hmm. And if we're getting to the core of who we are, I mean, St. Francis would say the more we do the work, the more we listen to who we are at our core, the more we are becoming the the creature God created us to be. That's right. 
And so I'm like, okay, St. Francis, I see you. He's talking about journeying through the koshas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's all it's all available to us, I think. And I think it's more all than none or a few. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I'll leave you guys with that because um, I know Davina's got to go make some moves. She's got to go be the example to her children, just showing <laughs> up at 100%. Um, but I, I really, I know that this is going to be the first of several conversations on this. Um, I would love to hear what you would like to talk about audience more of what you would like to talk about. And I'm hoping that Davina will join us again on different topics because she and I talk like this all the time, mm-hmm. just with ourselves. But thank you so much for listening and Davina, thank you. And ha- we will find you on Instagram at yoga, yoga with, with Davina. Davina online yogawithdavina.com if you want to practice with me online yoga with Davina tv <laughs> there are so many ways to connect with Davina. i'm trying to get on her level and then if you want to message me you can message me through instagram at diva underscore transcending of course tamika at ashayoga.com And ultimately, it's always about building Ashe, building that transformational energy and seeing through all of the the layers to come to truth. So I hope that you will be a part of that. Again, this is just our first conversation on this. So please definitely message me with things that you would like for for me to address. And I'll look forward to seeing you again. Take care. Come to a lying down position in preparation for meditation. You may pause this recording while you get set up. Begin to notice your natural breath. Notice your inhalation coming in through your nostrils and exiting through your nostrils. Bring the awareness to your breath, to your chest. As you inhale into chest center, notice your shoulders rise and fall. Bring your awareness now to the center of your torso. With every inhalation, ribs expand outward. And every exhalation, your ribs come back together. Now draw your breath now to your low belly. As you inhale and fill the low belly like a balloon, notice the pelvic floor press down. As you exhale, the pelvic floor rises again. Inhale, fill your pelvic floor, press down. Exhale, pelvic floor rests back 
where it was. Now draw your breath awareness to your head. Feel breath behind your eyes and in your throat. Your whole head filling with air on your inhale. Cooling breath coming in through your nostrils. And as you exhale through your nostrils, breath leaves. Inhale, fill the entire head with breath. And as you exhale, let your breath leave. Notice the temperature of your breath. Now use your breath to fill your entire space from your root center all the way to the crown of your head. One large space. And as you exhale, empty out. When you inhale, all of the tiny spaces in your body are filled with air. And exhale, allow them to relax down. Now journey your breath awareness now to your heart center. Give your breath a color as it enters your nostrils. And see your breath as color. Notice breath awareness now at your heart center. And now navel center. See your breath awareness between your throat and your navel centers. Notice the breath coming in through your nostrils and passing your throat all the way down to your belly and then exiting back out. See the color of your breath. And draw breath of awareness now to all parts of your body, from the crown of your head to your toes and fingertips. See yourself as a color. Your whole body radiates a color and energy. Notice your color.
and see yourself now lying on your mat as that color. And now lying in your home. In your city. See yourself as that color in your city. In your state. See yourself now in your country and on earth. Begin to notice now all of the other colors around. Notice a vibrant rainbow of colors all around the earth. See yourself as a part of a greater multifaceted consciousness, dependent upon one another, equally important, sharing, receiving, and giving knowledge and wisdom to one another. We are all connected, none greater than the other, all a part of the greater consciousness. And as we enter the knowledge of being a part of the greater consciousness, we also accept that each person is an incredible miracle of creation. Here in this time, in this moment, for a reason to share in the collective consciousness and the greater wisdom, the earth's intellect, so that our community here in the 21st century may all grow together. Begin now your journey back, seeing yourself as light in the earth. And now in your country, see yourself as light, your state, city. See yourself in your city as light, in your home, lying on the mat. And take a full breath in. Exhale, let everything go. Notice how you feel. Notice how much lighter it is to share in wisdom rather than having to carry it all. 
our paths are much lighter when we share in the work of the intelligence of the world and in the elevation of consciousness. When we know that our path is not the only path, that everyone is a part of this greater world, our paths are made more easy and our load is lighter. On your ready, begin to invite gentle movements into your hands and neck. Soften your knees. And when you're ready, blink open your eyes. It is always my goal to leave you better than I found you. I hope that happened for you today. Namaste. You've been listening to Think, Flow, Grow. This is Tamika with Asha Yoga. I'd love to hear your feedback and would love to hear any topics that you'd like for me to address. Feel free to email me at tamika at ashayoga.com. Also, you can go to that website to find out upcoming workshops, retreats, and events in your area.